Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Praise be to the living God. I'm going to speak for a few moments this morning and this has been on burning in my spirit for a little while now. It's a topic called saving faith. Let's say it together. Saving faith. There's all kinds of different levels of faith as you get studying Scripture. There's even in the nine gifts of the Spirit, the gift of faith. There are people that operate in a realm of faith. That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. So there's levels of, there's levels of faith. One follower, Christ said this way, Lord, I believe, help now my unbelief. So while he was contradicting himself, no, what he was saying was, the elevator goes to the thir- 13th floor, but I'm on floor three. H- have you ever felt like your faith isn't quite to the 13th floor, or the 14th floor, to the top shelf? Have you ever felt like you're going through a bit of a dry season? Sometimes we go through those moments because the Holy Spirit's checking us on principle. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and we were having a very brief yak about this, and I said, you know what? I said, i got days like that where I feel like I'm between Malachi and Matthew, like it's 400 silent years. But there's an element in the church and the Word of God called saving faith. Let's go to the Word of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're finding Ephesians chapter 6, put your thumb into also Romans chapter 1. Ephesians 6, and this is where we are equipping ourselves from and launching from today, as we have been for the last little while. In Ephesians 6 and 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to. Everybody say, I am able to. Able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I need faith if I'm going to have saving faith. And I need my shield of faith if I'm going to have saving faith. Amen? Let's now go to Romans chapter 1, verse 14 to 17. And Paul said it like this. He said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and barbarians. In other words, what he's saying in his writing, there's no biggins and there's no littleins. There's no hierarchy with God. Everybody needs to know what I'm sharing. Everybody needs to know about the love of Jesus Christ. And I owe it to everybody that if I know, they need to know what I know. So as much as as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed. Let's say together. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father, we thank you for your word. It's anointed. Now, anoint this vessel of clay. Hide us behind Calvary's cross, Father. And, Father, may faith be stirred within our spirits today. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, what's saving faith? I I believe with all my heart that 
the moment I talk about saving and evangelism and soul winning, there's no doubt that a few of our minds probably goes back to the likes of Billy Graham. I believe he operated in a realm of saving faith. I believe that he just assumed that everybody he preached to and I, that everybody he talked to and shared with and read his books, I just got this gut feeling that he just assumed everyone was going to come to Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if you and I had that mindset and that attitude that you just assumed they're coming to Jesus? So how is that so? Okay, let's put it in local boots on the ground terms. I bet you everybody here just assumes that we're going to probably eat at least one meal today. Unless you're on a fast. There's some people that operate in a realm that they just assume when they share the love of Jesus and the Word of God, they just assume that seed's going to take root and it's going to germinate and they're going to just come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe today that we need a mindset. We just assume God's going to do what God does. I'm just going to take Him at His word and assume that I'll do whatever I can. I'll do it whenever I can with every available means that I can at every available time to present to them the love of Jesus. And if we do that, then I believe that we will see the reality of the gospel at work. These are my afterthoughts. (laughs) When I'm milling around in the prayer time before service goes in. But I believe there's a realm of saving faith that we need in our hearts and our minds and our midst. I'm going to break it down to three different levels this morning. I believe that one realm of saving faith is faith to believe. James chapter 2 verse 19 says it this way. Even the demons believe and tremble. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's something about believability. Believability will fuel a vision. Believability, when when someone gets in their mind and their heart that they believe in something, you can't stop them. I remember when I was a little guy and I wanted to play guitar. You know what? My brother didn't play guitar. My sisters didn't play guitar. But Jody, he got his mind made up. I'm going to play guitar. Oh, shy old Jody. He wouldn't know how to play that thing. No, he's not going to play that thing. You'll never keep at that. But I get it in my head. I'm going to play guitar. Believability. And I sat on the side of the bed. And for you religious folks, I apologize. But it wasn't the Gathers. It was Brian Adams and Def Leppard. I know. Now, if I heard mom coming up the stairs, gathers come on just like that. And the hemp fills too. I know y'all innocent, self-righteous bunch up there. You, you don't get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but believability will take you a long way. Something about when someone believes. So when someone comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, the first thing they start doing is believing that they are loved. They start believing that, you know what, I'm not just an old, no-good-for-nothing person, but you know what, I, they actually start believing this John 3, 16 stuff that God so loved. They actually start believing that their sins can be forgiven. And the reality is this, is that it's the church's job to fuel that believability. 
It's our role as a loving family to fuel and fan the flames of believability. I want the church to go out in the community and be who we are and absolutely flame the fans of believability that our God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him, that we fuel believability in our community. I want the folks in town to believe that we believe we serve a savior and a healer and a redeemer and a forgiver. Amen. If all they believe is that our schedule is different than their schedule, we don't have much going on. Oh, it's quiet. But you know what? When I go to prayer with someone, when I encourage someone, I want them to know. I want them to believe that, you know what? I believe as sure as the soles of my feet are on that earth, I believe God's going to make a difference in their life. Amen? Saving faith requires belief. David Jeremiah wrote it this way one time. He said, what we must become in practice, we must become in practice what we already are in perfection before him. I'll say it again. We must become in practice what we already are in perfection before him. God already knows you're a good person. Hello? God already knows you're holy and without blame. God already knows you're healed and saved and delivered and forgiven. God already knows you are free. That work of perfection is already working and happening of perfection inside of us. But the challenge is live it out. Sometimes what happens with you and I is the work of perfection is not manifested on the outside. So how do you know? Just have a conversation with about 10 people. And inside of them, are they saved? Absolutely. Are they delivered? Absolutely. Is it well with their soul? Yes, it is. But it might not be with their head. I know perfectly well and good saved people that know they're saved, ready for heaven, but something on the outside is not being manifested by what has already happened on the inside because somewhere believability is taken a beating. And I believe today that the Word of God and the Spirit of the living God can stir us to a realm of, I believe it. Even when I don't know it, even when I don't sense it or feel it, I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. Amen? I need faith to believe. Secondly, this morning, I need faith to trust. Trust is hard, isn't it? Have you ever had trust betrayed? And then try to earn it back or get it earned back? She's a tough racket, isn't it? It's one thing to believe, but then we go to that realm of trust where I trust in God with my everything? You mean I trust in God with my family, my marriage, my money, my health, my job, my career? I trust in God. I believe God's around, but when you start trusting him, you're taking God and you to a whole different level. For example, you're praying for someone, and maybe it's for divine healing, and you believe God's the healer, but it's a different realm of faith when you say, I believe he's a healer, but I'm trusting in God for your healing. You with me so far? 
When someone comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's very, very few people that I met during this journey that we've been on that has said to me, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there's a God around us at all. Very few people. But it starts getting a little bit thinner and shallower when, when I say to them, do you trust in God? And then they'll say, well, I believe there's a God, but I can't say I trust in Him. I can't say that I, I really lean on Him. I really trust in Him for my well-being, for my eternity. And that's where the child of God can pray over your family, over your neighbors, over your loved ones, that you take them and you can honestly say, Lord, I am praying right now that a spirit, a saving faith spirit would speak to their heart and, Father, that they would begin to trust you. Name them by name. Lord, I believe that you'll take Mary and Jimmy and Johnny and Jason and whoever else that may be on your prayer list and say, God, I'm saying now that they will start today trusting you. I know they believe there's a God. I know they believe there's a God that loves them. But now, God, I want them to trust in that love. And when you take your prayer to that next level, Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's healing. Whatever it may be that you're praying over, say, God, I'm going to say they will trust you. Psalms 118 and 8 says it this way. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 to 27 says, But he who, Jesus Christ, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Aren't you glad he's the same yesterday and today and forever? You ever hang around some of those folks that you just never knew who you're going to get when they come across your pathway? Monday, they are happy Smurf. Tuesday, they are sleepy Smurf. Wednesday, they are grumpy Smurf, but they only have one name, Smurf. Are you glad God doesn't change his mind about us? On us? I know some of you are laughing, but it's a true story. You just never know what you're going to get. You just there's some folks you come across their pathway, and you're just braced because you don't know what you don't know what the weather's going to be. Well, when you get to Jesus Christ, He's unchangeable. Now I bumped into people that think highly of themselves one day and low of themselves the next. But when you go to face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I know you were beating yourself up on Monday, but I want you to tell you something right now. I still got a seat for you, and you're still sitting in heavenly places. If you want to know what I'm thinking about you, I still know that you're holy and without blame. I still know that you're free. I still know that you're well. I'm unchangeable. I'm not changing a thing. I'm moving forward. Therefore, he is also able, check this out. He's also able to save to the uttermost. Let's say it together, to the uttermost. That's the worst of the worst. That's the worst rascal you could ever come across. That's the uttermost. Maybe I'm looking at a rascal or two. He's able to reach down to that one that says, you know, I'm so lost. I'm so incomplete. I'm so unsavable. But my God who is unchanging will put a believability and put a spirit of trust in somebody and say, you know what? I am unchangeable. My love is forgiving. My power is there. And I'll reach down to the lowest of the lowest and I'll pick you up to the highest of the highest. I'll put you in a heavenly realm you never thought of. God's in the business of saying, you know, 
what? There's a believability in the power of the gospel. Therefore, God, through him, since he also always lives to make intercession for them, for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy and harmless and undefiled, separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the others of the people. For this he did once and for all when he offered up himself. Jesus Christ puts that trust in you and I. And when you think about it, and I'm talking to someone maybe in the room or online that you're wavering in your faith or you're questioning, can I even make a go with this thing? I'm telling you right now, God is unchanging. So I believe and I'll trust. So I need some help. Uh, Ben, could you help me out this morning, buddy? I believe Ben's a good lad. Maybe just grab a chair from the front row there. We have not rehearsed this. He has no idea what I'm up to. <laughs> Shocking coming from me. And uh, yeah, just relax right over there somewhere above by that pedal there. Just, yeah, just sit right on your seat there. Ben's a good lad. I believe in him. Ben's the kind of lad that when I ask him to do something, or I should say, shouldn't say it that way, but when I ask him for something, I believe Ben's going to probably get it done. I believe that for the whole work, see you, to be honest with you. There's a lot of people that believe in God. The devils believe in God too, the tremble. But I'm going to take my relationship with this guy further. I'm going to say, I trust him. I trust that if I fall over, he's going to pick me up, or maybe even catch me. Now you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that trust reality that says, you know what? I'm going to trust in God that God's going to show up. When even I am at my lowest, I'm trusting in God. I'm not believing he's around town. I'm believing and trusting God's in the room. I'm trusting that God's in my situation. I'm trusting God has my back. I'm trusting he's in my heart. I'm trusting his word is what he says it is. And I can do what the word says it can do. And it's in my heart. And heaven's my home. And I'm going to make sure I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. But I'm going to trust. Trust in the Lord. I believe what the church needs is a revival of trust. You trusted for the lights to come on. Some of us walked in here and you honestly think that we swung a wand and all this has happened. I've got an update for you. It didn't. It started on Monday planning for today. But some of us just trust this all just comes together at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. No, it does not. There's a trust factor. Why? Because somewhere, because of people serving and praying and giving, there's a trust factor that when the community shows up to this place on Sunday morning, we're going to be ready. You with me so far? God's the same way, only much, much better. When I trust, when I show up, to the house of God. God's ready. He's ready to save. He's ready to heal. He's ready to deliver. He's ready. He's just sitting there 
waiting for the word. Doesn't know the word's going to be, but we can wait for the word. But I trust him. Because here is the third element that will challenge every one of us, whether you are not even serving Jesus or whether you just started serving Jesus or you've been on the way or in the way for the last 40 years. Some of you missed it. Whether you were on the way or in the way. <laughs> I got to obey. Whew, that's a tough one. You see... You take a little child, and every little boy and every little girl, they believe that's mom and dad. They trust in mom and dad that they're going to have meals, and they're going to have food, and they're going to love and protect them, but then try to get those same kids in that same round to obey you every time. I thought it just come to my head, but I'm going to skip it and keep on preaching, Okay. James 2 and 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Hebrews 5 and 9, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who what? Obey him. Luke 6 and 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to do? Ouch. Obedience is better than the power of obedience that when you walk in the obedience of the word of God. May I submit this to you, whether you're just starting out, whether God's messing with your heart right now, or you've been on the way a long time, is the fact that a lot of times our prayers go unanswered because there is a high level of a lack of obedience. Ouch. The church may suffer during its weakest times or strongest times, but a lot of times there is a powerless church in North America, not because the word has gone empty, not because the fire has gone out, but because the church has a lack of obedience, of love and forgiveness. And I know that's not popular preaching, but it's still the truth. The reality is this, obedience. I could be a farmer, and I know that field will take the seed. I know I got to work that, but I have to obey the laws of nature and the laws of agriculture if I'm going to get a harvest. The Spirit works in the same realm. I have to work in a realm and a mindset of obedience. So saving faith will give you and I believability and trust and obey. I believe Ben's a good lad. I trust in him. But now I have to obey him. There's some of us in the room, we believe God. We say it with our lips. We share it with our minds. We share it with one another. I even trust God. Have you ever had this? Have you ever had someday faith? Someday God's going to work it out. Called someday faith. Today I'm calling it Sunday faith. The here and now faith. The faith is a, you know what? Right now God's going to show up. Not, oh, just willy-nilly, whenever, oh, someday, whenever God thinks it gets around to it. No, no, I'm going, God's going to deal with that right now. You may not see the manifestation of the answer right now, but God's on it right now. 
I believe he's a good lad. I trust him, but now we've got to obey him. So, Ben, you're the boss. Come on up. Give me an order. And I believe him. He's a good lad. He's bigger than me. He whooped me. I trust him. But now I got to obey him. That seems so funny. Thanks, buddy. That's it. And that seems so simple. That seems so easy. But God's been saying that to some of us all week long. I know you believe in me. I know you trust in me. I'll fall back. If I did that without Ben's support, I'd be on my back. And all week long, God's been saying to somebody, fall back. Obey. Fall in my arms. Fall in my love. Fall in my word. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. My arms are extended. My heart is there for you. Lean on me. Trust in me. And we say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I trust you. Someday I'm going to obey. Lord, I believe in that breakthrough. I believe in that freedom someday. And God's saying, no, I need today faith. Now faith is the substance, not someday faith is the substance, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, and God's saying to somebody today as the worship team comes back, now faith, I will obey God now. What's God speaking for you to do now? What's God saying? If you just obeyed me, if you just obeyed my call, I guarantee you this, and I shared this with the group this week, and I was mentoring them. I said it this way. If something is in your heart, and it will honor God and bless God, and you're going to do better, and those around you are going to do better, I promise you that's probably the spirit of the living God at work. But God, for so long, in so many ways, in so many measures, has looked at us and said, Would you oh, just trust and believe, but obey? Take that step. You know, it's like Peter said, Lord, if, if it's you, bid me come. So, of course, Jesus bounces on the situation and the invitation. He says, Come. But the boy had to step out of the obedient boat. He had to step out and take that walk. Acts chapter 2 says it this way. In verse 37, the locals from every tribe and every tongue are there because it's the Feast of Pentecost. The followers were up in the upper room praying, waiting for this promise to come. The scripture tells you and I that when the promise came, it was like a fire and it sat upon every one of them. When they come out of that room, the locals said, what's going on? They're, they're acting drunk. Peter said, we're not drunk. Well, what's going on? And he said, this Christ that you guys have been ridiculing 
and persecuting. This Christ that you guys put on the cross was the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah that you guys have been waiting for for generation after generation after generation. And while Peter yet spoke to them, the reality that Christ was not just another rabbi and healer and teacher, but he was Emmanuel, God with us. The scripture says to you and I, they were convicted or pricked in their hearts. And they asked one question. They were believing. They were trusting. But then they said, what must we do to be saved? In verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, in your hearing today, it says it like this, that when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God should call obedience I believe while he was preaching while they were asking saving faith was rising up in their spirits God was getting them ready for this major, major move of obedience. What are you saying, Jody? I'm saying this. I am believing for God that there will be a sweeping revival. There will be a stirring in our spirits. There will be a move of saving faith in Charlotte County. What would it be like if two or three thousand showed up and we had to do it at Sip Center or in a field somewhere and two or three thousand said, what must I do to be saved? I know he's coming back. I see the signs of the times. I realize there's wars and rumors of wars that people have turned against each other. What's going on? I've got to get ready for heaven. My prayer as we've been fasting and praying over Canada is this, is that there be an awakening of saving faith across Canada. When saving faith rises, there's a high level of obedience that will walk into the promises of God that are yea and amen. And I will trust in God. Father, I pray today you would speak to our heart and you would speak to our soul that this word is not just another book. This word is not just another history book. It's not just an evening of entertaining, reading, and it is all that. But I pray, Heavenly Father, this word would be like a fire. And it would go into a very framework as Jeremiah said, shut up in our bones. I'm declaring and speaking that there will be saving faith in the heart of the believers today. 
that the church of the living God will just assume that everybody we rub shoulders with will come to the knowledge of the love and the power and the forgiveness of a loving Jesus. That the church that we attend right here would operate in the realm of saving faith. That we just assume God's going to work. God's going to do what God does best. Saving faith. I was talking to a fisherman last night. Lobster fisherman. He looked at me and we're sitting beside a bonfire. And he said, Joe. And I said, what? What's the most important piece of gear on a boat? Now I understand I'm not a fisherman. And I got thinking and my redneck thinking. I thought, well, probably the compass. He said, you're right. The compass is the most important piece of gear on the boat. But he said, you know what's even worse than that? I said, what's that, Troy? He said, if a negative charge gets around the compass and messes up the magnet. A negative charge gets around the compass and messes. I'm not, no, I'm not talking about these fancy gadgets on our phones and computer screens. I'm talking about the good old compass we used back in the day. He said, if I put a negative charge by that compass, it will send that needle all over the place. What's going on? I'm saying this, is that God's trying to guide the church. He's trying to navigate the church. That daily people should be saved. That daily the church should grow. Daily we should be facing one another in love and grace. The navigator is navigating and he's equipping. But sometimes the negativity, the negative charge gets in the way and throws the compass off. And God's saying, will you just obey me? Get rid of the junk, the stink of thinking, any negativity, and trust in me. Because there is a realm of saving faith. Could you imagine that during this election time, which is a very short time, that we have a sweeping revival of saving faith across Canada? This church is going to be a polling station where folks come and cast their vote in this church on election day. My prayers is that when he step foot on the property, the Holy Spirit's going to hit him like a ton of bricks. Amen? Amen. And the Holy Spirit will love on them and speak on them. And they'll say, man, there's something different about this property. It's not just another geographic location on the map. But they're navigated by something more powerful and something higher and something greater. I feel a love I've never felt before. I feel something I never felt before. That is saving faith. Glory to God. We all stand together this morning. As we prepare our hearts, as we go into worship and prepare our hearts, say, God, I want to make sure I've got saving faith. I'm talking to someone today. 
you haven't even made your move towards God. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're in person, but you haven't even made that step yet towards God. I'm going to believe God for saving faith for you. That you believe, you'll trust, and today is your obey day. It's your obey day. I'm going to obey today. For some of us in this room, you've been on the journey a long time, and God's saying, I know you believe in me. I know you trust in me, but today's your obey day. God will set up office wherever you're at. Walk on water, He's there with you. Go through fire, He's there with you. Cast your net on the other side after fishing all night. There's fish in the net. Pick up five stones, you're only going to need one. Mouth of lions, don't worry, He'll shut them up. Need healing, no problem, He's a divine physician. Are you in want? He's the El Shaddai. He's the more than enough. Are you feeling lonely? He's a friend that stays closer than a brother. You feeling left out? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You feeling like you're up and down? He's the unchangeable high priest. You feeling all bound up? He's a freedom giver. You feeling lost? He's the great and the chief shepherd. That's why he can say, I am the all. I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I was reading a documentary last night of the underground church in Afghanistan. And I don't care what the media is saying. It's not pretty over there. And I'm reading independent reports saying that the that government over there, and I don't even recognize Taliban as a government. They're a terrorist group and that's the way it is. And they're going house to house looking for believers. And they're executing them on the spot. I was reading a report of one of the kids. And the Taliban's at the door. And all they had to do was say, no, I don't believe in this Christ. Christ. Even the kids would not. And they were executed on the spot. What are you saying, Jody? I'm saying this. We are so comfortable in our settings. We are so comfortable in our surroundings. I don't care what country you go to, whether it's Afghanistan, China, even Australia, Haiti. It doesn't matter. Mexico, even the U.S. of A. It's a mess. But I want to tell you something. There is a revival coming of saving faith that he saves and he keeps and he satisfies. But the responsibility is now belonging to the church that we will walk in a realm of obedience. And he's saying to the church today, just like Ben said to me today, fall back. Fall back. Trust in me. As we get our hearts ready to receive, but I got I know God's speaking to our spirits today. Just let go and let God be God. And this is your obey day.
Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.